Oh, here we go. New Zealand penalty. Wales look on. Nothing they can do but wait for the boot of Fergus Burke. Burke has pulled it. It's a famous Welsh victory here in Rosario, Argentina. Many Welsh players who can boast about beating New Zealand, but there's a new group this week. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Players under 20s lock Jack Price and what it was like to beat New Zealand in the World Rugby Championship. It's a massive achievement and it was a great feeling knowing George share that with the boys on the pitch. We said before if we beat the New Zealand today, it would be massive on our CV. Free Society make a four-figure donation to the Welsh Rugby Charitable Trust. Honorary Secretary Kath Pritchard explains why. It's inspiring to read some of the stories and just to see the courage and the sort of fortitude, really, of those players injured that go on to make the most of their injuries, really. Well, the Wales can't be getting back together to prepare for the World Cup. Coach Warren Gatland explains why their next journey is to the Alps. And we got good results from um, 2015 and going to Fleisch and, and so we're returning back there. More explanation of those plans later, but of course we'll start in Argentina, where there was that rare thing, a Wales victory over New Zealand in the World Rugby Under-20s Championships, the first time for seven years. Let's relive a couple of the key moments, thanks to highlights on the World Rugby website early in the first half. Crouch! Bind! Set. Funaki comes to McLeod, he drops this one, so it's been kicked through by Tian Thomas Wheeler. One sliding this post here, and here goes Tian Wheeler. He's in! Tian Thomas Wheeler gets the first score of the game against the run of play. McLeod couldn't take the handle. From the scrum, just kicked through with the left foot from Tian Thomas Wheeler. Try to clean it up in the difficult condition was Boucher. Does it, but this guy, he makes sure of it. Tian Thomas Wheeler. Reward for hard chasing. Good composure too, just to tap that a little bit. Nice. Osprey centre Tian Thomas Wheeler getting the crucial opening try. But New Zealand came back and took the lead with minutes to go in desperately difficult conditions. Outside half, Kai Evans had hit the post with an earlier penalty. Would he get another chance? Here we go, one kick to win it. What do you reckon? Closing the gap. Oh, yeah. New Zealand, two mistakes. Gave the Welsh an opportunity. Kai Evans. Remember the name. 8-7. The Welsh will be going absolutely wild back home. So Wales ahead by a point, 8-7. And still, there was that drama to come at the end with a missed penalty for New Zealand. But the result was the Wales hung on to claim a famous victory. Graham Gillespie is out in Argentina with the Wales squad. He spoke to back Dion Smith and scrum half David Buckland. Guys, congratulations on a famous victory today. What does it feel like? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, great feeling in the squad. It was awful conditions today. You'd be but, used to those back home though, wouldn't you? Yeah, for 30 minutes into the game, it was... Um, Thunder and lightning came in, they had to call it off. We were in the changing rooms for around an hour. We had to regather, 
recuperate and then uh, go back out on the field and perform for another 50 minutes, which we did. Yep. Dion, pardon the pun, but you had to weather the storm there. <laughs> yeah, to weather the storm on and off the pitch. What was that like? Um, yeah, uh, we sort of asked as a group of players. You know, we had to come out mentally ready to go again. Um, and to be fair, the boys delivered for the full you know, it was a full 80 or however long yeah. he was out there, but you know, the boys put a good shift in and you know, reaped the rewards. Dov, the uh, forward pack had a tough day uh, today, but you were behind them. How, how did you keep encouraging them, moving them forward against what was a very tough all black unit? Yeah, it was difficult for them in the lineup today. Was that down to the conditions? Or? Yes. We are usually uh, on the money with our lineups and set piece wise, but I think the conditions didn't really help out, like any of us, but it was the same for both sides. But we had to come up on top of the end, which these are boys. Now, Dion, you've had a couple of starts on the bounce now, but unfortunately, uh, due to an injury, you were forced into the centre. Was that, how was that for you? Uh, yeah, so a little bit different, but um, you know, luckily over the last sort of season, season half, I've had a bit of game time in the centre, so it's mm. just a case now of, of slotting in and getting my roles clear and, and, and taking the opportunity there rather than on the wing. And one thing that's coming along nicely is that left peg of yours to touch. Yeah, something I like to keep uh, locked away, use it in special times, but they say luckily it's, it's something I've got there to use you know, if needs be, and obviously yeah, today was one of the times that I needed to use it. Now uh, obviously the management have sent you guys the task of winning four from five, can you do that? Hopefully now we've got England next and a big rivalry, it'll be a really interesting game, hopefully we can come out on top again. So Dion, how, I mean, you've created a, what, a huge victory today, how difficult it's going to keep your feet on the ground going to that fifth place playoff? Yeah, I think it's something we've talked about all campaign really is obviously the difference between confidence and cockiness. As a group of boys, I think we're all very sort of down to earth and straight away we're back in and mm-hmm. ready to go again. So, you know, it's just say stay focused now, focus on the next job and get a result. And what does it feel to be actually part of a group that have actually beaten the All Blacks? Because not many Welsh teams do that. I think the last time was uh, seven years ago. In South Africa, 2012. Yeah, but that's unbelievable. I'm really proud of everyone and you yeah same yeah obviously it's like you said today it's sort of once in a lifetime experiences and today obviously yeah we have created history so it's about soaking it all up and you know, the boys are all immensely proud of each other and that shows how tight we are as, as a squad really number eight jack morgan also spoke to graham gillespie jack we can hear the uh, music in the background the boys are back at the hotel after a famous victory what does it feel like to have beaten the all blacks oh it's, it's amazing great feeling and uh and uh, speak for all the boys and it was uh, something that doesn't happen very often and uh, all the boys have been saying it's brilliant. Now if you look at the stats, you had very little ball, very little territory, but you came out on top. How did you manage to do that? I've got to give um, all credit to the, to the defence. The defence has been solid uh, and it's the attitude of the boys, all credit to them. So, uh, good. Now the management said before the game, if you get a chance, you've got to take it. In the first half, you had one chance and that was a 50-50 ball by Tia and you kicked the ball through and managed to score. How crucial was that, do you think, during that first half? It was really crucial because that gave us confidence for the rest of the game and especially, you know, so, you know without that try, we wouldn't have won the game. So it's, uh, it was brilliant, it was. Now playing uh, down at the Port Talbot Athletic Ground, you're used to the wet and miserable weather. Yeah. You've never had to come off uh, Thunder and Lightning before, though, have you? No, never before. Played in... Uh, Awful weather, <laughs> plenty of times I'll be back in Wales, but uh, never had to come off. So, so what was said during the break when you, because you were off for nearly a half an hour, so you know, what did you do, uh, how did you get the mindset back for the second half? We just uh, went back into the changing rooms, we regrouped and uh, spoke as a team, kept f- our focus on the game because we knew we were going back on, exactly played. It's important for us just to 
keep them like that, keep focus and uh, on sparkling the back field. Now it's clear from uh, from where I'm standing anyway, the further the game went on, the team who were going to make the fewer mistakes were likely to come out on top. Was that how you guys were seeing it? Yeah, yeah. Mistakes, knock-ons, especially in the weather and stuff like that. It was important that we capitalise on it. And our fairness team capitalised on it and led, led to his try from the mistakes. Yeah. So it was important for us to... Uh, reduce the amount of errors we've done and capitalise on the errors like New Zealand. Now we uh, know how physical the, the Kiwis can be in attack and defence, but you guys in attack, like Ryan Combeer for instance, he shredded a couple of players on more than one occasion. Was that a mindset as well, you know, match physicality with physicality? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we, we've got the physicality as a, as a team, um, as proved previously. Yeah, we were happy and just playing every time we had a chance to capitalise on it. Now by his own high standards, Kai Evans probably didn't have the best day with the boot but he stepped up and got those three points when they were needed. That shows the class of the guy, doesn't it? Yeah, it was definite. Kept level head, 78th minute. The kick wow. out was brilliant, especially in the weather, the conditions we were in. So how difficult is it going to keep your feet on the ground to go into the next game to play for fifth? Because you've beaten one of the best teams in the world. Is there a case that you, you, know, you might think you've already won that game? No, most definitely not. It's important for the boys and themselves to um, target members to finish fifth. So we go on to the next game, support, and we... Uh, do well in that game and hopefully get as best we can. Lastly, Graham spoke to Locke, Jack Price. So Jack, there's a wonderful picture of you jumping for joy at the final whistle. Is that just for sheer relief of coming through for you guys? No, you know, it's a massive achievement and it was a great feeling, no joke, to share that with the boys on the pitch. Going down to the death, we said before, if we beat the New Zealand today, it'd be massive on our CV moving forward as individuals. And to do that today, it was over the moon. Yeah. Now, you certainly had to do it the hard way, didn't you? Because particularly the lineouts, they malfunctioned, well, quite a lot, yeah. shall we say. So you had to do it the hard way, didn't you? Yeah, um, Joe Weather didn't help at all. It was windy, ball was like a bar of soap. But no, they defended well, in all fairness. Yeah, should have done a little bit better. We're saying that if you look at the stats, you had hardly any ball, hardly any territory. But you came through and won. What does that say about the character in the side? Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, it just shows as a team, everyone enjoys working for each other. So every time there's a positive outcome, whether that's a tackle, turn the ball over, everyone's always in celebrating, cheering each other on. Now, how important was it in the first half when ball was very scarce that they dropped the ball and Tian managed to kick through and score? Because in the past, we maybe haven't taken those chances, have we? Yeah, you know... Uh, we don't get many chances, especially against a team versus New Zealand, and I think TN took it very well, Joe you know, kicking the ball through and uh, managed to fall on it on the try line. Uh, obviously, you play uh, in Wales, you play your club rugby there, in wet and miserable weather conditions, yeah. but have you ever had to come off at Thunder and Lightning before? No, I never had to do that before, <laughs> yeah. so not even back in Wales. It's a change to the system. So what, what was uh, the process when you were off the pitch? What was, what was the messages from the management? I think they were focusing on the 10 minutes we had left, you know. If we came back in half-time with, still with the lead, <coughs> or even better than that, scoring again, it'd be a massive achievement going in the second half. But, uh, yeah, we managed to do that and go on to win the game. Now, we always talk about how um, crucial Kai Evans is with his goal-kicking. Yeah. He didn't have the greatest of days today, but he still slotted the one that mattered the most, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Uh, Kai's kicking is world-class, you know. We've relied on him so many times. The weather wasn't the best, and they were so close. 
and Chafakai that he managed to kick the winner win at the end. Yeah, because on more than one occasion I've been uh, walking with some of the forwards back to the bus and they're still complaining that Kai's out there. So uh, is yeah. that, uh, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> these are the reasons why he stays out there? Yeah, he's uh, always at the end of every session, even in training camp, you know. Every, uh, Chris Heads was asked uh, oh, who's left up there and everyone's like, oh, Kai hasn't even come back from the pitch yet, you know. But, uh, yeah. It does show all the work he puts in comes out on days, I guess. And what does it feel like to actually be one of the few Welshmen who's actually beaten the All Blacks at any level? Oh, you know, like, New Zealand in rugby is a massive, they're a massive nation, and to beat them, one of, uh, not many people can say they've beaten the All Blacks, mm-hmm. So, so uh, now you're going for a fifth place, which is something much better than the last two or three seasons. Yeah. How difficult is it going to be to keep your feet on the ground after yeah. this great result going into that? It's just important not to get too confident. I think we've seen that against Scotland in the Six Nations. I think if we don't do that, keep to our game plan. I think we're in with a good run. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So that was quite a victory. It's England next for fifth in the world. But now, on to a presentation at the Principality Stadium this week, where the Welsh referees were making a big donation. Liz Jones was there to find out more from a couple of the key people. My name's Kath Pritchard and I'm the Honorary Secretary of the Welsh Society of Rugby Union Referees. And just tell us why you were here today at Principality Stadium. Yeah, we're here today. It's my honour and privilege to donate £1,000 on behalf of the Welsh Society of Rugby Union Referees to one of the three charities um, who benefited from a charity event in May um, put on, really, and organised by the Welsh Society of Rugby Union Referees. So £1,000 contributed to the Welsh Charitables Trust and the other £2,000 going equally to Valindra and to Cancer Research UK. Welsh Rugby Charitable Trust is important for players in Wales, but referees are a key part of the Welsh Rugby, and that was important to you as an organisation. Absolutely. You know, it's inspiring to read some of the stories and just to see the courage and the sort of fortitude, really, of those players injured that go on to make the most of their injuries, really, and to benefit and, and inspire others to continue in the game. It's incredible, really. Do you want to tell us what the Society of Welsh Referees does? Yeah, the Welsh Society of Rugby Union Referees supports referees at all levels of the game just to encourage, really develop, you know, it's important that we continuously develop in our professional uh, manner uh, so that we can go out every Saturday and on a Sunday morning to perform the role. It's important for Welsh rugby and that's what we do, really. We promote Welsh rugby, we promote refereeing and we endeavour, really, to bring new referees on board and hopefully inspire Uh, youngsters really to become involved in the Welsh Rugby Union at all different levels. You're a referee yourself, how have you benefited from the society? Yes, I am a referee, so I've benefited really just by seeing the sort of back office functions, supporting, so if you have an occasion to put a sort of disciplinary card in, you can have the support of a mentor and peer to go through that process, because for some newer referees, less experienced, for example, it can be quite an intimidating process, so we're there to offer that support and to provide advice and guidance. 
do you mentor other referees coming through? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's right to really acknowledge the referees department this season, particularly who are investing incredibly in the development of Welsh referees. And for example, I've just joined a referee educator programme. So I will be responsible really for sort of providing advice guidance to new people coming into the Welsh Rugby Union to referee at all levels through the pathway right through to the senior game. So male and female? And are you involved in the Ready to Ref programme? Yeah, it is male and female. I, I'm predominantly a level three referee, but I've had been honoured and privileged to be selected to be the assistant referee for the Wales Women Games at home in USA, Canada, Scotland and England. So I've had a great experience and I've loved every minute of it. And I've just signed up for next season, so it can't be too bad. I'm Gerald Davis. I'm the outgoing president of the Welsh Society of Rugby Union Referees. I'm here to help Kath present the cheque to the Welsh Charitables Trust, a worthy cause which we support this year with two other charities as well equally. And just to back up uh, the points that Kath was raising, all the referees have to go through an education programme organised through the WRU but with the assistance of the Welsh Rugby Union referees and where they're also to pass on advice, guidance, and then we help with the, the grading structures of the referees as well. But it's all managed via the WRU referees office. Things looking healthy at the moment in terms of referees coming through the game? Yes, I mean, there's a good number of young referees, I say young, relatively young, I suppose, 18 to 25, who are making great strides in the upper part of the game, in the Premiership and the Championship and the higher levels of the Rugby Union Leagues. And so the future's bright for them. But we're always on the lookout for more referees. It's a nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon most of the time and there's always a good pathway which has now been established for anybody to want to help either with Saturday afternoon rugby, Wednesday afternoon rugby, schools or colleges and age grade rugby on a Sunday mornings. And um, what should they do? Contact Welsh Rugby Union Referees Department in the first instance? or is That it? would be the first port of call and then the WIU Referees Department would find the right area and society for the prospective referees to get in touch with and to get involved with. WIU President Dennis Gethin explained why the donation will mean so much. Without a shadow of a doubt, some of the most interesting people I've met over rugby over the years are those injured players with the charitable trust and they're absolutely incredible and it's been an honour to be involved with them. I hope that I will be able to, even after I retire, be able to help them because uh, they are certainly marvellous and do so much for Welsh rugby. It wouldn't have a game of rugby throughout the world if it wasn't for the referees and uh, long may they survive. Finally, the Wales players are getting back into camp for the World Cup preparations. Coach Warren Gatland explains a bit more of what will be happening. The Switzerland one is um, is altitude training, so the idea is that we sleep high and train low, so we come down um, every day in the cable car, and so we get the effects of that. It's about increasing sort of the blood plasma and red blood cells and all that. Uh, and we got good results from um, 2015 uh, going to Feisch, and, and so we're returning back there. And for the warm weather, we've looked at really good camp in, in southern Turkey. It's a new camp, facilities there are outstanding, and that's probably where we'll look at getting some of the heat stress that we're looking to do, you know, sort of putting the players in pretty humid and hot conditions. And again, Japan at 
at the time of the year in the World Cup. You know, it could be mid to high 20s, early 30s in terms of, depending on temperature, pretty humid at that time. So, you know, hopefully the players will replicate some of the conditions that, that we may experience in Japan, but also benefits you get from heat stress in terms of training and putting the players under pressure. Four years ago we went to Qatar, 45 degrees was a little bit hot, um, so you know, we're expecting sort of high 30s in, in, in Turkey at that time of the year. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty more from Wales and around the world next week. But until then, goodbye.